0: Welcome to the Prosody Monstrosity podcast. Today's date is December 27th, 2021. We are now 21 months into two weeks to flatten the curve. Put that curve in a Chinese foot binding and just crush all the bones into a one-size-fits-all approach. The Title of today's episode is Defining Words The Importance of Definitions. It is season two, episode number six. I half jokingly mentioned the Chinese foot binding, yet, that's a very real historical moment that absolutely changed an entire culture, way of life. People and one interesting part of that history is that it was domino affected. Basically, that history cascades from the advent, the dawning of the printing press. The printing press presses words onto paper. And there's a pressing of a word onto paper. And that word and that process of pressing a word onto paper, when the printing press arrives in China, the cascade, the, the consequence, the collateral damage, the unintended consequence of the printing press had to do with an entire change of how culture and society operated because all of a sudden, People en masse began reading and the process of reading, the, the actual process of literacy created a type of paradoxical brain damage, literal brain damage. You can read this in Dr. Leonard Schlein's book called The Alphabet Versus the Goddess. It's actually quite a page-turner. Schlain, Dr. Leonard Schlein, illustrates in the book, The Alphabet First, The Goddess, how the very process of literacy causes a type of blindness, not with the eyes, but with a over-rationalization of the rational, a literal amplification of the left hemisphere of the brain and an atrophy of the right hemisphere of the brain. This needs to be understood because if you have a overly strong left brain and an atrophied right brain, there's going to be collateral damage and consequences from that. So the very process, the the physiological and anatomical process of how the eyes and the neurons, the rods and cones in the eyes, which parts of the brain are stimulated when you are reading text out of a book. It's basically like making your left brain do push-ups and calisthenics while your right brain atrophies. And if the left brain is the masculine, and the right brain is the feminine, essentially both men and women became more masculinized, that that cultures and societies became far more masculinized. And some of how that symptomizes or how that is evidenced is in things like Chinese foot binding, when you see that a culture suddenly finds it sexy to handicap the female, to crush the bones—if you—if you were to look at what Chinese foot binding is, it is absolutely horrific. It's—it's—it's it's, it's a crushing of the bones of the female's foot when she's small, uh, so that. Basically, her foot bones are broken over and over and over before her foot bones even really have a chance to mature and grow. And the, it's almost like, um, well, it's an, it's an intentional handicapping of women. And it's quite disgusting, psychopathic to see that that violent social behavior, that abnormal or violent social behavior become normalized. So one of the words we're going to look at today is the word psychopath. And the word psychopath is defined as a person suffering from chronic mental disorder with abnormal or violent social behavior. So the extreme unintended consequence of what happened to a whole people once they started reading the written abstract text in books caused such an atrophy of the right brain and such a amplification of the left brain where where something became very out of balance So today we're gonna look at some word definitions, the defining of a word. The the right brain is very limitless. The right brain is considered to be the feminine side and the feminine side is, is considered to be the side that doesn't have limitations. The feminine side is the darkness, it's the nothingness. And the masculine side is the everythingness, it's the brightness. So the feminine side is the the nothingness. It's the boundarylessness, and wrapping a definition around that boundarylessness brings that word into balance. Words are important. the the over the the out of balanceness, the overconsumption of cultures that read too many books, all went through a masculinization. And you can look at regions in the world, places like China and India. If you look at Southern India and Northern India or Northern China and Southern China, there's certain regions where reading abstract text out of books became overly consumed compared to the next door neighbor region where reading was not happening. So people were not reading text out of books in places like southern India for a lot longer. Those places didn't really adopt the printing press and the reading and writing till far later and when you look at their iconography like the iconography of what statues and and sculptures of the buddha look like in northern india compared to what statues and sculptures of buddha look like in southern india northern india buddha is masculine looking where southern india buddha is feminine looking and so we see the the result even in the art of those cultures where the art of the reading and writing culture becomes very masculinized, and the art of the culture that isn't reading and writing is more feminine. Now, <clears throat> Leonard Schlein shows that in archaeological, historically proven fact, that it is a fact that there was 6,000 years of peace on earth where peace and harmony and abundance was was the norm for 6,000 years. Short story is that once reading and writing became ubiquitous and, and the norm with colleges and universities and scribes and scholars that the entire globe became one that was waging war. And that masculine cultures, you could essentially see as looking down the barrel of a gun and taking aim at the other, where feminine cultures, they are more tribal. The big picture, the big picture of a feminine culture is looking out for everyone, for grandmother, grandfather, niece, nephew, son, daughter, neighbor, aunt, uncle. The feminine culture sees the big picture of the whole community, the whole tribe, and not just the people, but the trees, the river, the creeks, the animals. The masculinized culture is a very uh, self-focused, pick yourself up by your bootstraps and take aim at the other, like a warrior or a hunter. And once reading and writing happen, where reading and writing become so out of balance, the entire society's cultures became much more masculinized. And war ensued. The, the, the consequence of a culture that was of a global culture that was blinded by the process of literacy, became destructive and selfish and fixated. So we see this point of fixation. It's like looking down the barrel of a gun and fixating on coronavirus on COVID-19, on Omicron, on the Delta variant. Every six months, it's a new staring down the barrel of a gun and pointing at the whichever latest variant of the corona. And post 9-11, it was staring down the barrel of a loaded gun at bin Laden and blaming huge, huge complex and dynamic things on, on a fixation. And you can see that a very real type of retardation has happened. And I don't say the retardation in any way where I'm using it inappropriately. I'm saying that actually people have, who have read too many books without balancing it with things that also strengthen their right brain have retarded the right side of their brain. So we have these health officials and these puppet doctor leaders like Fauci, Dr. Fauci, who have so retarded their own brains that we are being led by retarded people. And this is very concerning because those retarded people are placed on a pedestal, but their right brain is atrophied. You can see that they do not see the big picture because they are using a one-size-fits-all approach to something that is actually complex, diverse, exists on a continuum, a spectrum that When you point at that one thing, whether it's Bin Laden or the coronavirus, that just shows that that person is an ignoramus. And the people who are without question, people who have unyielding and unquestioning faith in that authority, that is what defines a cult or a cult member. And people who have unquestioning and unyielding faith in an object or a thing aka masks and vaccines, again, that's what defines a cult. So there was this whole point and process, there was this whole part of history post the printing press, which first came out in Germany. The printing press was born in Germany, I believe in the 12 or 1300s, sometime in that medieval area era, that medieval time in history, the printing press, I think it's late 1200s, maybe early 1300s, somewhere in that region, in Germany. The very first book printed on the printing press was the Bible, and then the second book printed on the printing press was a book whose title basically translates to something like "How to Hunt, How to Hunt Down, Find and Burn Witches." And that second book, following the Bible, of how to hunt and kill witches is the dawning, the advent, the spawning, the beginning of 400 years of what we call the Witching Wars, where even in the Americas, Salem, Massachusetts experienced, Salem, Massachusetts, Massachusetts, I can barely say that word, experienced the end of the Witching Wars. When you look at the archives of churches in places like Italy and Switzerland and Austria and Germany, if a small village had crop failure due to a fungus or locusts or a blight or a harsh harsh summer, who got blamed for that crop failure, that agricultural crop failure? Witches. So at the time, Witches were the Bin Laden. Witches were the coronavirus. And charlatans, this is interesting, because charlatans, part of what was written in that book of how to hunt and find and burn witches was that it was said that if you poked a witch with a needle, if you poked a... This is how you would find and suss out witches. If you took a needle and you poked a woman with that needle, if she did not scream... She was a witch. So charlatans, professional Dr. Fauci's at the time, public health officials at the time, traveled from town to town, and they had these special needles that were fabricated in a a way where the needle was spring-loaded so that it looked like you were poking it into someone into a woman's flesh but the needle would retract within inside its own sheath with with inside its own handle so charlatans would travel from village to village and poke women with these spring-loaded needles that weren't actually going into the flesh but to the onlookers it looked like it was going into their flesh the women wouldn't let out a scream and when you look at the archives that actually documented names of residents of these towns, churches kept records, churches kept very good records of of everything from financial tre- tre- financial records to records of who owns what house and what building and who was born and who died and who gave birth to who, churches kept all those records. When you go back to those records in all of these towns, During those witching wars, if a town had 2,000 people, before the charlatans arrived, 2,000 people, after the charlatans left, there'd be 1,000 people because the charlatans would show the villagers that half the residents were witches and all of the witches would be burned. And this went on for 400 years. So there again, it was a targeting of the woman, of the female, and that was a very bizarre Freudian uh, unintended consequence of a culture that became brain damaged from the process of literacy. So those books came out, people read those books, and they became retarded by those books. These were scholars of the time reading books that the book created retardation. And then when the printing press arrives in China, instead of burning witches, it it came out in a different way. It came out in foot-binding women. We entered a period of time recently, which is called the post-literacy era. This began around 2003, where people let's say 2000, 2001, 2003, in in that region, it's not an exact date, but that's generally the window of time that we became a post-literate culture. People no longer are reading books on mass. They're watching videos on mass. And so the videos, the way the rods and cones of the eyes work and which parts of the brain they go to, it's a different type of Way that now the brain is grasping and shaping and growing in the way synopses are connecting reading and writing shifted culture to be very, very much atrophied in the right brain and then large in the left brain or or strong, strong would be the word strong left brain, weak right brain. that's how reading and writing cultures became the post literacy era started re-strengthening the right brain so uh, uh, something very balanced began began happening and this is where we started seeing governments talking about things like universal health care so now we're seeing people concerned about the whole tribe the whole planet all the people except that is being perverted by propagandists and so we're going to look at Taking some of the some of the words, defining them so that we can put a boundary around this garden of Eden again instead of having a a big piece of shrapnel grenade that 's making no sense, and we are seeing a literal a literal genocide, a literal bio eugenicist movement happening where there is a lethal jab juice being given to our elders to our friends family and and we are literally being extorted right now by something very similar to chinese foot binding and very similar to burning witches except it's not just female focused now it's it's focused at our children school children, elders, and everyone in between. So it's just a mass, uh, it's a mass type of, of violence and extortion. And we're gonna look at some of these words because definitions are important. If you track the word paradise to its deep, deep origins, you won't get this in a Google search. If you track the word paradise to its deepest origins, It means a garden with a wall around it. And so the feminine has no limits, no boundaries. And we're going to draw a masculine boundary around that limitless feminine. And we're going to create something in balance, in harmony. That's the goal of this podcast. Again, this podcast is, this episode is called Defining Words, The Importance of Definitions. The very first word we're going to look at is the word cult, cult, C-U-L-T, cult. Cult is the unyielding, unquestioning faith in an authority and or in a thing or an object. We see this all around us right now where there's a critical mass of population of people that just have an unyielding, unquestioning faith in authority. Fauci, the authority, telling people to wear masks and to take injections. People just have an unyielding, unquestioning faith in that authority. They have an unquestioning and unyielding faith in the object, the mask, in the thing, the vaccine. So we're surrounded by cult members. The second definition we're going to look at is supremacist. A supremacist is a person who believes that a particular group Especially one determined by race, religion, or sex, etc., is superior and should therefore dominate society. A supremacist supports the belief that a particular group, especially one determined by race, religion, or sex, etc., is superior. So this is a, a very real supremacist movement we are in. It's the Vax supremacists. The, the Vax supremacists, they have a belief that a particular group should dominate society. So the domination of society, the, the very belief that you would have to take that cult, That cultish, unyielding, unquestioning faith in that thing—the vaccine—in order to get on an airplane or to go to a grocery store, it's a—it's cult members that have a supremacist belief system. So it's it's actually supremacist cult members who want to dominate society. Who are this leads into our third word. They they are terrorists they are terrorists and i don't say this lightly let's define terrorism terrorism is the unlawful use of violence and intimidation especially against civilians in the pursuit of political aims let's say that one more time terrorism is the unlawful use of violence and intimidation, especially against civilians, in the pursuit of political aims. When you look at a state like Arizona, adjacent next to a state like New Mexico, they're the same size geographically, it's the same size landmass. Arizona has no mask, no mask mandates, New Mexico has mask mandates. It makes no sense. The only reason one doesn't have mask mandates and one does have mask mandates is because the one that is acting like a cult supremacist member, that's the one that has the Democrat blue, the blue Democrat currently is the cult supremacist, the blue Democrat leading... As the leader of New Mexico has mask mandates, the red, demo, uh, the red governor of Arizona doesn't have the mask mandates. The science is clear that the masks don't do anything. The science is clear that the vaccines are more dangerous than they're safe. But all of that, all of that information is heavily censored, banned. People are deplatformed and ostracized for questioning. So there aren't two sides. There's no two sides to a conversation, a dialogue. There is no dialogue. There is a true supremacist cult side that is silencing and banning any dialogue. And then you have governors like the governor of New Mexico using unlawful violence and intimidation if someone puts their hand over my mouth and limits my breathing that's an act of violence to mandate that and to intimidate me to tell me that I'm not allowed to go into a store without depriving myself of my own breath that's an act of violence the terrorism is not just there it's the it's the public health officials like the white house the White House literally just put out a public notice that people who don't get vaccinated are going to die, that, that those people are going to threaten everyone else, that they're going to fill hospital rooms. Those are messages of terrorism. It is the unlawful use of violence and intimidation, especially against civilians. What I find concerning, and I think all of us should find concerning, and the reason why I'm putting these words forth and drawing a definition around them, ultimately is to have us return to the garden, to have a wall around our garden so that it can be paradise. The terrorism is a fracturing of that wall. When public health officials and governors are being terroristic, when they are giving terroristic decrees and they're not being arrested for it, and when CNN and NPR are being terrorists, where these big, huge media platforms are being terrorists and they're not being arrested for being terrorists, why do we have law enforcement? Why are law enforcement not arresting the terrorists? Those media platforms are terrorizing. They're using violence and intimidation, especially against civilians in the pursuit of political aims. That's what they're doing. That's a fact. That's not to be played around with or argued with. That's a fact. The next word is extort, extortion. To extort means to obtain by force, threats, or other fair means. Extort means to obtain something by force, threats, or other unfair means. The lethal jab juice, the stab juice, the, the Pfizer, Moderna, AstraZeneca, Johnson & Johnson jab juice, in one word, it's the juice of extortion. I want to just quickly talk about Lance Armstrong. Lance Armstrong, what was revealed in the Lance Armstrong steroid case? No one really has looked at this history, but if you take a deep dive in it, there's a podcast. The podcast is by someone named Declan Hill. He's an investigative journalist and a professor at a university in the United States. It's somewhere in uh, Connecticut, I believe. I can't remember which university Uh, they The podcast, I think, is called Crime Waves. You can listen to it on Spotify. He does a really great podcast on true crime. And one of the podcasts is on Lance Armstrong. And the short story of it is that if you become worth millions of dollars to somebody else, and if other people or someone else is making millions of dollars off of you, If you try to expose the criminality of what's going on behind the scenes, that is a very, very dangerous thing to do if you're worth millions to someone else, if someone's profiting and making money off you. So what was exposed in the Lance Armstrong case was that the anti-doping agency, every single country that participates in the Olympics in the National Olympics, International Olympics, they have anti-doping organizations. They have organizations that test the athletes to make the athlete, make sure the athletes aren't doing steroids and other drugs. And then there's an overarching head, head organization, the, the top of that umbrella that oversees all the anti-doping doping agencies. It's like an international anti-doping agency. Well, What was revealed in that, what was revealed in the Lance Armstrong case was that the very organizations that are supposedly making sure athletes are not doing performance-enhancing drugs, those exact same organizations were the ones making their athletes do performance-enhancing drugs. So it was it was they were doing the exact opposite of what they said they're doing. Those those organizations supposedly trying to fight drugs to keep sports fair, clean, legal, all of those organizations were complicit in doping their athletes, all of them. It's so rampant. And part of what came out in the Lance Armstrong case was that When Lance Armstrong, he's on a team of riders. Lance Armstrong and the number two fastest rider, they were being doped with the drugs that science had shown would give them the best, best outcome of performance. The rest of the teammates were just being experimented on. They were being forced to take injections of different concoctions of drugs to see maybe one of these is even better or one might be worse but the the number three four five six seven eight nine all of those athletes were being experimented on and it was through those athletes being experimented on who didn't want to be treated like mice or rats hamsters cockroaches those athletes were the ones who wound up disclosing all of this criminality, which was very dangerous to do, those athletes exposed the criminality, and all of that got buried and silenced. You can listen to this and read about it from Declan Hill. And what was revealed when those athletes started to testify, it was thousands of hours of testimony that the investigative journalists and FBI agents that started taking down, that started taking and documenting their testimony, the lives of those FBI agents and of those investigative journalists essentially became so endangered because there were people making millions of dollars off of Lance Armstrong. Lance Armstrong at that point had become like a brand. And the Lance Armstrong brand was making certain people so many millions of dollars that this whole drug cartel violent junta came out of the shadows to begin trying to kill the FBI agents and investigative journalists trying to expose just that just that little bit of illegality going on. So extortion Extortion might be the most, if, if out of any word, out of all of this list of cult, we've, we've looked at the word cult, supremacist, terrorism, we're now at the word extort. Extortion might be the one word to remember out of this. One would have to assume that someone like Joseph Biden is the most heavily extorted person in the history of people being extorted. When you look at Lance Armstrong's junta coming out to try to kill the investigative journalists and to kill FBI agents, they're not just trying to kill the investigative journalists and the FBI agents, but they're trying to kill the family members, the innocent family members of the investigative journalists and FBI agents. When Joseph Biden's wife dies, Early in Joseph Biden's career, you can look at this happening with politician after politician. Why do so many politicians early in their career have a wife who dies in a horrid car accident or has a child who dies in a way? uh, The extortion is very real. The extortion is very real. There is a there is a mafia organization that is global called the, uh, it's called the Zindragada, the Zindragada. They are based out of Southern Italy, but they're global. They're in the US, Canada, Mexico, they're global. It's said that that one mafia organization has, each year makes more money than Starbucks and McDonald's combined. That one mafia organization makes more money than Starbucks and McDonald's combined. And that mafia organization makes their money through extortion, kidnapping, drugs. And the black market economy is said to be twice, at least twice as big as the above ground economy. And it's just completely naive to think that someone like Bernie Sanders or Joseph Biden or Donald Trump are not extorted. Because... The criminal mafioso warlords. A lot of people naively say, "Well, Donald Trump's a, he he made his own money. He he's a he's his own billionaire, so he can't be extorted." That's one of the most ignorant, naive things that I hear people say. Because how could Donald Trump protect his nieces, his innocent nieces, who are or or his 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 distant relatives. You know, if someone if some dark mafia entity told me they were going to do harm on one of my nieces or nephews, I can't doesn't matter how much billions of dollars I have, I can't protect my niece and nephew from these andragata mafia that's all over the world that makes more money than than McDonald's and Starbucks combined. If, the, if that mafia organization makes more money than Starbucks and McDonald's combined, that's a fact, then think how there are McDonald's and Starbucks on every street corner in every city throughout every... I mean, there's, there's a McDonald's and a Starbucks inside airports, Walmarts, the, the, there's no way, no matter how much money a guy like Donald Trump, he himself has, can protect his whole family. These quote unquote leaders, these governors, if it, what I was trying to say about Lance Armstrong is that if you become worth money to someone else, if you are worth millions of dollars to somebody else, those entities that you're worth money to will extort you. The worst thing that could ever happen to you is become worth that kind of money to someone else. And this is what we see with celebrities, musicians, athletes. If Lance Armstrong was that heavily extorted, imagine how much more extorted Donald Trump, Joseph Biden, Justin Trudeau, Boris Johnson, imagine how much more extorted they are because they are worth much more money. extortion, extortion, lobby groups, lobbying and lobby groups. Lobbying is a really polite, it's a polite, fancy, dandy euphemism for extortion. The number one lobby group the most powerful lobby group in Washington DC, in Washington District of Columbia, is the drug cartel, the pharmaceutical drug cartel. The number six most powerful lobby group, just to frame it and put it in perspective, is Big Oil. So the drug cartel is six times more powerful than the big oil extortion racket. Leapfrog over to Venezuela for a moment. When Hugo Chavez, when he was the Venezuelan politician who became president of Venezuela from 1999 until his death in 2013, The election of Hugo Chavez was very, very, very similar to the election of Joseph Biden. The same brand of voting machines were used, and the aftermath of the Venezuelan economy and politics are very similar to the Joseph Biden regime. The very first thing Hugo Chavez did when he became president, was to take the black market drug cartel and just like laundering money, he pulled all of these black market drug cartel warlords out of the shadows and into the light, that fluorescent, horrible, buzzing, fluorescent light of the government. He basically money laundered (laughs) He took black market warlords and essentially legalized them. It's like when a king taps someone's head with a sword and makes them a sir or a knight. He basically knighted these drug warlords and legalized them and gave them positions of power throughout the government. Throughout the whole government, his cabinet all the way down to school board officials and everything. He pulled all of the drug cartel out of the shadows and legalized them. That happened throughout the years 1999 till 2013. The other thing that Hugo Chavez did was immediately started printing and printing and printing and printing tons of money which just skyrocketed inflation and pulled the rug out from under the stability the stability of the economy and the whole country collapsed into absolute financial disarray and it's still that way today the the value of the currency in venezuela is similar to what the value of currency was right before World War II in Germany. The Biden regime is copying suit with its drug cartel connections, puppet strings, and money printing. The Biden regime has printed so much money in the last year and a half that it's very, very similar to what happened in Venezuela. The frightening thing just to touch upon the words we've mentioned are the cult member supremacists who are following the decrees of terrorists who are being extorted from the shadows issuing in a apartheid apartheid is the next word apartheid means apart that's what apartheid means. It means apart. And the cult member supremacists who are listening to the terroristic decrees from those being extorted want healthy, unextorted people to be separate from them, to be segregated, to be discriminated against. And why? Why segregate and discriminate? On the most seemingly benign level, we have to look at the next word, which is gossip. Gossip is defined as casual or unconstrained conversation or reports about other people typically involving details that are not confirmed as being true. In Australia, there already are concentration camps, COVID concentration camps. A person's smartphone is being tracked and traced And if that person happens to cross paths with someone else who's being tracked and traced where that person B, let's say, has been diagnosed with COVID and person A crosses the path of person B, the authorities in Australia can show up to person A to their home and arrest indefinitely detain and take that person to a COVID camp. That's already happening. The tracking and tracing is gossip. It's just from something that cannot be confirmed as being true. This especially goes deeper because when you look at the PCR tests that are used to supposedly diagnose or confirm whether someone has COVID or not, a positive or negative test, it is factual, 100% factual, that a PCR test cannot diagnose, it cannot determine whether someone has COVID or not. That is factually true. Secondly, it is factually true that COVID has never been isolated, that there is no such thing as an isolated COVID strain. All of these variants are All rooted in gossip. None of them are rooted in fact or truth. It's rooted in theory and gossip, but not fact or truth. So, gossip is the casual or unconstrained conversation or reports about other people, typically involving details that are not confirmed as being true. Just off the cuff, Without thinking about it too much, when you think about gossip, who gossips? When you think about people gossiping, who gossips? Gossiping is not a gossiping is not a left-brained or masculine thing. Gossip is a very catty female thing. Gossip gossip is so ubiquitous at this point that the entire scamdemic this entire fabricated manufactured pandemic it's running on gossip every cnn and npr news story is gossip it's not news it's not facts it's listening to gossip so there's a very feminized culture of A critical mass of people that absorb that gossip, participate in that gossip, parrot that gossip, mimic that gossip. Gossip is so prevalent that the whole society and the whole pandemic is running on gossip at this point. Once again, gossip is the casual or unconstrained conversation or reports about other people, typically involving details that are not confirmed as being true. The entire PCR test is nothing but gossip. It's not factual. It's not true. All and everything about coronaviruses is gossip. If you actually start looking into viruses the way people are taught about viruses, it's gossip. It's it's all based in theory. We know that a virus cannot exist outside of a host. We know that. So to see viruses as something that are contagious isn't based in fact. Yes, sickness is based in fact. People get sick. But a virus, if you really take a deep dive on a virus, a virus is in a host. A virus is in you already. You have the whole universe inside you. And that virus already exists inside you. It's not given to you by someone else. It already exists inside you. And What does a virus do? A virus removes dead tissue from your body. If you go get a root canal and the dentist drills out the root of that tooth, keeps that dead tooth in your mouth, caps that dead tooth with a metal cap with a little porcelain to make it look like a tooth. If you get a root canal and it gets capped, your body will forever try to remove that dead tissue. That dead tooth is a dead tissue, and your body will wage a subtle war on that dead tissue trying to remove it. Don't get root canals, folks. That root canal, if you took a sample of the process of what's happening where your body is trying to wage a war to remove that dead tissue and you took some of this cellular process and put that on a little glass screen and looked at it under a microscope and amplified it, that would probably come back as a positive PCR test. Because that virus inside you is trying to remove dead tissue it's part of your healthy immune system response to remove dead tissue if you're exposed to too much radiation from an x-ray machine or from 5g or from your laptop tv phone from flying on an airplane if you're exposed to too much radiation that radiation causes tissues to die in your body if you ingest plutonium a tiny bit of plutonium if it doesn't kill you It's gonna kill a lot of tissue inside you and your body is going to try to remove that dead tissue. That's what a virus is and that's what a virus does. The virus isn't contagious. The virus is trying to save your own body from that dead tissue festering and rotting and turning into a bacteria festering mess inside you. So that dead tooth that's capped under that root canal is turning into a festering bacteria nightmare and you might get a virus from that. You're not gonna give that virus to someone else. That's impossible. Studies have shown that again and again and again. You cannot give that virus to someone. Studies have shown where married couples, one of the couples has a diagnosis of AIDS or HIV and the other one doesn't and they have unprotected sex. There is not one case, there is not one case of a virus being spread to someone else in the studies of people with HIV and AIDS. And then if you take a deeper dive with HIV and AIDS, and I've mentioned it before, the documentary called House of Numbers by Brent Luong, you can watch it for free on YouTube. It came out in 2009. HIV and AIDS is not a sexually transmitted disease. HIV and AIDS is a disease from people who are living in proximity to chemical factories or people who are huffing what was called poppers. The whole viral pneumonia thing was not from anything sexually transmitted. It was from behavior of snuffing and sniffing and snorting chemicals and people who had weakened immune systems. It was from lifestyle choices where they were sniffing and snorting what was called poppers and poppers was a type of inhalant that people were huffing and it screwed with their immune systems and it basically destroyed their immune systems. No different than if I ingested plutonium would it destroy my immune system. The entirety of the coronavirus narrative ignores all cofactors. Yes, sickness is real, but it's a gaslighting where individuals are blamed and big chemical companies get to walk scot-free. If you're living downwind of a chimney in Louisiana that is a smokestack And out of that smokestack are chemicals like benzene, benzene oxide, which is a a fire-retardant chemical that is in the fabrics on our couches and mattresses on our beds and computer laptop plastic screens and everything from plastic to clothing to fabrics on couches. There's that fire-retardant chemical just spewing out of a chimney in a place like Louisiana, if you're living downwind of that chimney, you're going to have a sickness. The doctors might call that sickness coronavirus. It's not coronavirus, it's a virus trying to save you from breathing those chemicals. So these fixations from these supposed experts that we look to as our cult leaders making us follow the red herring of, ooh, the boogeyman, coronavirus, corona, CV19-er. It's a smokescreen. It gives the big chemical companies, the big tech companies, everyone polluting the water. It gives the pharmaceutical companies a pass. The smoke stacks coming out of pharmaceutical company chimneys, the smokestacks coming out of petrochemical company chimneys, the smokestacks coming out of every single grotesque chemical company that's poisoning the air and water, they all get a pass, and then the individual is gaslit and blamed for having a virus and then the boogeyman makes everyone afraid of everyone else that. They might catch that from someone else, but the chemical companies get a free pass. So all of the extortionists, the lobbying groups from Big Pharma to Big Oil, these lobbying groups, which are actually extortion rackets, using racketeering to extort our supposed elected officials, They're using coronavirus as a smokescreen, as a red herring, so that we all look over there instead of looking at what's spewing out of the smokestacks. So here we have this cult of personality, Dr. Fauci while we ignore Dr. Rainier Fulmich, while we ignore Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Those people are censored and banned. So the truth tellers are censored and banned. The liars who are extorting us because they're being extorted and all the people just listening to the gossip and believing the gossip who are for apartheid and they're listening to the terroristic decrees from the health officials. And the ones listening and believing it all, the cult members, want segregation and they themselves who want the segregation are supremacists because they've allowed themselves to be injected with the big pharmacist extortion juice. They've allowed themselves to be extorted And misery loves company, so they want everyone to join the cult. If you're not in the cult, they want you to be coming out of the smokestacks. Those same people are hypochondriacs. So just under the word gossip, we just defined gossip. The next word is hypochondriac, a person who is abnormally anxious about their health. Hypochondriac is a person who is abnormally anxious about their health. The following word is delusion. Delusion is characterized by or holding idiosyncratic beliefs or impressions that are contradicted by reality or rational argument, typically as a symptom of a mental disorder. Delusion. Delusion is based on or having faulty judgment. The idiosyncratic beliefs in delusion. Believing that this vaccine is protecting them from something when it's actually doing the exact opposite. This is why people like Dr. Rainier Fulmich and... Robert F. Kennedy Jr., they were banned and silenced before they were banned and silenced because study after study after study shows that pathic, pathogenic priming is the reality. Pathogenic priming is also called disease enhancement. That these vaccines, prior to the COVID 19, the whole history of vaccines is a history of pathogenically priming people, enhancing diseases in people. The whole thing has been a opposite of what it really is. So delusion is just rampant. Delusion is holding idiosyncratic beliefs or impressions that are contradicted by the reality or rational argument. That's why all of the censorship and all of the banning and all the gaslighting. Because the reality, the reality, if you just go back in time and look at the MMR vaccines, the measles, mumps, and rubella, MMR vaccines cause autism. MMR vaccines cause reactionary arthritis. MMR vaccines cause kidney failure. There's all sorts of horrible things that MMR vaccines do. They truly de-optimize people. In black children alone who receive MMR vaccines compared to black children who don't receive MMR vaccines, there's a 300% spike in autism. The black boys who get the MMR vaccines have a 300 times more likelihood of having autism than the black boys who don't get the MMR vaccine. That's a fact. So the idea that these vaccines are good for people, they're holding an idiosyncratic belief. That means they are delusional. The next word is neuroses. Before I get to neuroses, let's just say one more time, people that get vaccinated are getting pathogenically primed. They are getting primed to have diseases enhanced in them the next word is neuroses neuroses is a relatively mild mental illness that is not caused by organic disease involving uh, neuroses involves symptoms of stress characterized by depression anxiety obsessive behavior hypochondria but it's not a radical loss of touch with reality. So neuroses, we see it symptomized as depression, anxiety, obsessive behavior, hypochondria. Let's look at those vinyl gloves. People using hand sanitizer. If a virus doesn't live outside of a host, why would you use hand sanitizer? We know that viruses don't live outside a host, so why would you use hand sanitizer? It's not doing anything. It, it'll kill bacteria. It'll kill 99% of bacteria, which means 1% of the bacteria survives, which means you're creating a stronger survival of the fittest of unkillable bacterias. And that's why we see these super bacterias in hospitals because they use these antibacterials. But why would you use a hand sanitizer that kills bacteria? It doesn't do anything for a virus. The virus can't live outside the host. The obsessive behavior of the hand sanitizer, that's from a hypochondriac. The vinyl gloves you see people wearing, those vinyl gloves are made out of PVC vinyl. They're polyvinyl chloride. It's, it's the soft, it's the most toxic plastic. It's the most toxic plastic for humans. It's almost as toxic as mercury or cobalt. Cobalt. PVC, polyvinyl chloride, that plastic is one of the most toxic things for humans. We're seeing police wearing those vinyl gloves, nurses, doctors, and we're even seeing grandmothers at the grocery store wearing those vinyl gloves. That PVC vinyl, it's also what carpeting is made out of. A lot of people's wall-to-wall carpets are made out of the same thing, (laughs) just in a different form. That PVC off-gasses. Here's another example of a chemical company that's selling you a product that's making you sick. If you're living in a house and it's wintertime and all your windows are shut and you have a heater on and the heater is heating up your house, your polyvinyl your PVC polyvinyl chloride carpet is off-gassing. It's off-gassing one of the most toxic things known to humans. Your child is crawling on it. Your grandma is coming over for Thanksgiving. You're burning petrochemical candles in that closed environment. And what else? The the paint on the walls is off-gassing. The computer plastic with the, with the benzene oxide is off-gassing. All of these chemicals off-gassing, killing tissue in your body, in your lungs, giving you cancer, giving you the flu. These are the things causing sickness and illness. All of those things get a, get a pass, but instead you yourself are blamed for being sick without looking at the cofactors of what are making you sick. Read the book called From Cradle to Cradle. Cradle to Cradle examines the things in our life that we could be making things out of, and it exposes the things that we are making things out of, the most toxic things in our world. So when you look at those vinyl gloves that doctors and police and teachers and cafeteria workers and restaurant workers are wearing, Bankers are wearing, people touching money at the grocery store, people are putting on those vinyl gloves so incredibly ignorantly because they're putting something right on the pores of their skin and when their hands are sweating, the sweat and heat is causing that PVC to absorb right into their body and it's one of the most toxic things. And it doesn't make you feel sick while you're wearing it. It makes you feel sick a month later so you don't even connect the dots and then the smokestacks from the factories making those gloves, and the decomposition of that vinyl in the dump where it's seeping down into the water table, or it's decaying in the soil, or in the oceans, or creeks, or rivers. The entire cradle-to-grave process of those PVC gloves is one of sickness. And yet, the idiosyncratic belief, the delusion, doesn't Match the reality. The reality of those gloves is that everything about those gloves are sickness, and people delusionally are wearing them and buying them to prevent sickness. It's delusion. If you see someone wearing those gloves, it's a symptom of that they're delusional. That's a mental disorder. Neuroses is just a slightly more mild version of that, where someone still hasn't lost touch with reality. psychoses is the severe version. That's our next word, psychoses. Psychoses is a severe mental disorder in which thought and emotions are so impaired that contact is lost with external reality. One example of this psychoses is that Nobody talks about the gray tsunami. I have talked about the gray tsunami over and over for 10, 20 years. The gray tsunami. Sociologists, psychologists, nursing home administrators, doctors, hospital administrators, scholars, teachers. For 20 years, people were talking about the gray tsunami. Not once in the last 21 months. Not once since after two weeks to flatten the curve, has any scholar or official ever talked about the gray tsunami? What is the gray tsunami? The gray tsunami was a warning that the largest population on earth, that's a global population, it's not just the United States, the baby boomers. The baby boomers was a humongous creation cycle after a death and decay cycle. World War II was a world war. When World War II ended, there was peace on Earth. In that peace on Earth was a massive baby boom called the baby boomers. Largest population on Earth, just recently outpaced by the millennials. Why? Because the baby boomers started dying. Currently, baby boomers are 57 years old to 75 years old. When someone reaches about 71, 72, 73, it's like walking off the edge of a cliff. The body inevitably begins its very rapid descent into inevitable death and decay. The people dying from what we're labeling, what we are, what we are using a smokescreen to label people that are just dying of natural causes because they are elderly. That's the inflated numbers. This spike of deaths, the overwhelming ICUs, this is what sociologists were talking about for 20 years, that ICUs and hospitals would be overwhelmed by the gray, gray means gray hair, the, a tsunami is a tidal wave. People were warning us for 20 years that there was a tidal wave coming just of natural causes. That when the baby boomers started dying, that throughout the world, this isn't just the United States, baby boomers are in China, Australia, Austria, Switzerland, Germany, Spain, France, Africa, all over the world because World War II was death and destruction. Post-World War II was creation. Huge creation spike. That huge creation spike is now naturally coming to the end of its lifespan. The baby boomers, the older baby boomers are 75. The younger are 57. For the next 20-ish years, that tsunami is hitting all of our systems. Our old care facilities. The grief of losing our loved ones the gray tsunami grief it's it's a tsunami of all sorts of waves hitting because it's not just the it's not just the gray-haired people falling into the inevitable death and decay of their demise of their natural death and decay and demise but then there's another wave of the grief of the loss of loved ones and then that causes disease and sickness and illness grief causes stress grief causes sickness. So there's a ripple effect of the baby boomers just dying from natural causes and our evil extorted authoritarians run on this principle of never let a crisis go to waste. Never let a crisis go to waste. So they've they've hijacked this very natural very natural process of boomers as the gray tsunami hitting all of our systems, they've hijacked that like terrorists do. And they've fear-mongered us with something that's actually just nature. And then they want to inject us with science instead of just focus on the reality of nature. And there's something very psychopathic going on. Psychopath is a person suffering from a chronic mental disorder with abnormal or violent social behavior. It is abnormal to ask someone else if they've took the vaccine. That's abnormal. That's psychopathic. It's abnormal for Bill Gates to want to stick a cold serum. You know, they keep that serum refrigerated at like some sub, sub frozen temperature, like some absolutely abnormal cold temperature. They keep that psychopathic extortion juice at such a cold temperature. And it is abnormal to want to put your experimental serum into children and elderly all over the world. That's abnormal. And it's our, it's our ironically, it's our humanitarianism that allows psychopaths to walk free among us. Instead of put them in jackets in mental homes, so we're surrounded by gossiping hypochondriacs that are delusional, neurotic, psychopaths. We're people who have psychosis, neuroses, delusions, hypochondriacs, gossiping, and then listening to a media that's like a, a two-way stream. The media is that and then the customers watching and absorbing that are that. It's just gossiping hypochondriacs that are delusional and psychopathic with neuroses and psychoses. This concludes episode six, Defining Words, The Importance of Definitions. There will be more.